welcome to all of you today, especially often asked, what's in a name? Now, if it's the name of Jesus, everything is in that name. Forgiveness, power, love, salvation, eternal life, God, the Messiah, the Savior. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, the gospel lesson today began, it's the first verse of the gospel of St. Mark, began with this sentence, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we'll base our sermon this morning on that precious name, Jesus, and what it means to us. And we shall quote extensively from the service of the Akathis to the, to the most holy and sweet Jesus. And all of these excerpts are taken from that beautiful service of the Orthodox Church. And we're going to be quoting and reading from it by number as we go through the sermon this morning. And I do hope that you don't throw this away or leave it here. Please take it home and make it a part of your daily rule of prayer. These are some of the most beautiful prayers based on the sweet name of Jesus. The Old Testament looks to heaven and asks God, tell me your name. In the New Testament, God finally answers this question. The Word became flesh. He came to dwell among us. We saw His glory, the glory as, the, as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Some time ago, a rabbi said to a Christian minister, you Christians have a distinct advantage over us. When I mention God, the name God in a sermon, many of my people have a vague concept of somebody way out there who's hard to relate to. But when you Christians mention God, your people can immediately visualize Jesus. He is somebody they can understand. Let's read together number one. Jesus, invincible strength. Jesus, boundless mercy. Jesus, unsurpassable in beauty. Jesus, unspeakable in love. Jesus, son of the living God. Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, the revelation of God that came through the Old Testament prophets was in many parts and in many ways, polymeros and polytropos, as we read in the letter to the Hebrews, Hebrews 1. God speaks and spoke through many, many prophets in the Old Testament, and each one of them had grasped and expressed a fragment a part of the truth of God. No prophet in the Old Testament had ever grasped the whole truth of God. But with Jesus in the New Testament, it is different. He was not part of the truth. He was and is the whole truth. He not only has the Word of God, He is the Word of God. And He doesn't merely proclaim and promise salvation. He is salvation, and He offers it to us. He is the shining of God's glory among us, 
Το απάβγασμα in Greek της δόξης του Θεού, the exact image and expression of God. Let's read together number two. Jesus, uncontrollable word. Jesus, inscrutable intelligence. Jesus, incomprehensible power. Jesus, inconceivable wisdom. Jesus, boundless dominion. Jesus, supreme strength. Jesus, eternal power. Jesus, my Savior, save me. That beautiful book, The Way of a Pilgrim, is the story of a young monk's pilgrimage, walking from monastery to monastery, seeking life's answers. And as he progresses, he learns the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy upon me, the sinner. And through this prayer, he finds inner peace and strength. And his whole life is changed as a result of this beautiful Jesus prayer. For there is great power in the name of Jesus. It can dispel demons. It can lift our spirit to the very throne of God. Called the prayer of the heart. The Jesus prayer makes the heart the place of the perpetual presence of Jesus. We read in Philippians 2.9, God has highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's read together number three. Jesus, true God. Jesus, glorious King. Jesus, innocent Lamb. Jesus, wonderful Shepherd. Jesus, my hope at death. Jesus, my life after death. Jesus, my comfort at the judgment. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. When Jesus was 30 years old, he came to the Jordan River to his forerunner, John the Baptist, to be baptized. And this is the great feast that we're celebrating today and tomorrow. John immediately identified Jesus as the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And when he was baptized, we read today, the heavens opened and the voice of God the Father said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descended and remained on Jesus. And with good reason then, the tradition of the church singles out this event as a great feast, and it's called Theophany, the showing forth the revelation of God. At the very beginning of his public ministry, Jesus is fully authenticated as the Messiah by God the Father and by God the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Father and the descent of the Holy Spirit confirm that the man Jesus is simultaneously the Son of God, one of the three persons of the Holy Trinity. I'd like for us to turn to page 317 now in the New Testament. It's Colossians uh, 1.15, page 317, to read what Paul says about Jesus, one of the most beautiful and noble descriptions of Jesus anyone has ever written. 3.17, Colossians 1, beginning with verse 15 and going to verse 20. 
He is the image, let's read it together, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether in thing, of things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Let's read number four together now. Jesus, the truth, dispelling falsehood. Number four. Jesus, the truth, dispelling falsehood. Jesus, the light above all lights. Jesus, the king, surpassing all in strength. Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus, source of knowledge. Jesus, garment of gladness. Jesus, veil of joy. Jesus, giver to those who ask. Jesus, opener to those who knock. Jesus, redeemer of sinners. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Now, we're impressed with the fact that Jesus, who was man, was also God at the same time and one and the same person. And we're impressed with the fact that he who was the bread of life began his ministry in hunger and that he who was the water of life ended his ministry in thirst when he said upon the cross, I thirst. One of the great saints of the early church, St. Gregory of Nazianzus, developed this idea beautifully when he wrote, and this is item five by St. Gregory Nazianzus. Let's read it together. Number five. Christ hungered as man and fed the hungry as God. He was hungry as man, and yet he is the bread of life. He was a thirst as man, and yet he says, Let him that is a thirst come unto me and drink. He was weary, and yet he is our rest. He pays tribute, and yet he is a king. He prays, and yet hears prayer. He weeps and dries our tears. He is sold for 30 pieces of silver and redeems the world. He is led as a sheep to the slaughter and is the good shepherd. He is mute as a sheep and yet he is the everlasting word. St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.20 this beautiful one-liner, all the promises of God find their yes in him. In other words, all of the promises of God find their answer in Jesus. Number eight. No, we just read number eight. Now it's... I'm getting confused. Number six together now. Number six. Jesus' sweetness of the heart. Jesus' strength of the body. Jesus' purity of the soul. Jesus' brightness of the mind. Jesus, gladness of the conscience. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. 
Dostoevsky once said of Jesus, I believe that there is nothing lovelier, deeper, more sympathetic, more rational, more manly, more perfect than the Savior. And I say to myself with jealous love that not only is there no one else like him, but there could be no one else like him. And Blaise Pascal, one of the greatest Christian thinkers who ever lived, said of Jesus, He who knows not Jesus knows nothing, either in the order of the world or in himself. For not only do we know nothing of God except by Jesus Christ, but we know nothing of ourselves also except through Jesus alone. In him is all our happiness, all our virtue, all our life, all our light, and all our hope. And you remember that Jesus asked his disciples one day, Who do men say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus replied, Never mind what others say. Who do you say I am? And to us today he would say, Never mind what St. Gregory of Nazianzus said, or Dostoevsky, or Pascal. Never mind what they have said about me. The question is, what do you believe about me? Who do you say I am? The Apostle Peter gave the answer, which is also my answer, and I hope yours. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Acts 4.12 And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Together, number seven. Jesus, sweet-scented flower, make me fragrant. Jesus, eternal temple, shelter me. Jesus, garment of light, adorn me. Jesus, pearl of great price, Beam on me, Jesus, holy light, make me radiant. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. When Dr. Albert Schweitzer, famous musician, theologian, and medical doctor, left everything to go to Africa as a missionary doctor, he was asked by some people who felt that this was was a very foolish thing to do with all of the talents that God had given him. He replied, when they, and they said to him, Why are you here? Why are you doing this in the jungles? His answer was, Because Jesus sent me. And when Mother Teresa was asked why she spends her life serving the poor, she said, Because I love Jesus. And ask St. Paul what made him the greatest Christian missionary who ever lived. And you will hear him say, Philippians 3.8, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. This knowledge of Jesus was not only a sound theological belief about Jesus that Paul had in his mind, it was also a deep, deep personal love relationship with Jesus in his heart, so deep and so total that Paul could only say that Christ was his life. Saint Nicodemus of Mount Athos wrote, Your treasure is Jesus, 
Your glory is Jesus. Your pleasure is Jesus. Your whole life is Jesus. Because by suffering for Jesus, you have Jesus. And by having Jesus, you have gained all earthly and heavenly things. You have gained everything. One person, one person who had gone to hell and was brought back by Jesus and was now engaged in, the, in a ministry to help others by bringing them to the Savior said, it doesn't matter what you're going through. I know the answer. And his name is Jesus. It has been said that the perfect friend is one who knows the worst about you and loves you just the same. There's only one person who loves like that, and his name is Jesus. He doesn't just forgive your sins, he forgets them as well. And he doesn't just give you words of truth, he is the truth. And he doesn't just tell you which way to go, he is the way. And he doesn't just tell you what life is all about, he is the life. And he doesn't just know your future, he holds your future in the palm of his hand. Let's read number eight together. What do you say of him? Who is he for you? Does he save you from your sins? Call him Savior. Does he free you from the slavery of your possessions? Call him Redeemer. Does he teach you as no man has taught you? Call him Teacher. Does he mold and master your life? Call him Master. Does he reveal God to you? Call him Son of God. Does he reveal man to you? Call him Son of Man. Or are your lips silent in their incapacity to define him and his influence upon you? Call him no name, but follow him. Conclude with this beautiful verse from Hebrews 12:1. Let us run with determination the race that lies before us. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. May we, con may we conclude with number nine. Jesus' most wonderful forefathers' deliverance. Jesus' most sweet patriarch's exaltation. Jesus' most beloved prophet's fulfillment. Jesus' most marvelous martyr strength. Jesus' most tender saints' rejoicing. Jesus' everlasting sinner's salvation. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Amen. You will now come forward to receive holy water for your home. We ask you to take one bottle, unless you have someone at home also who was not able to be here today. Then as you come, uh, signal to the acolyte to give you uh, two bottles. Thank you. <laughs>